Hi, welcome to the series on business storytelling where I'm going to help you build your story bank. Hi, welcome back to episodes of Stories at Work. Episodes where I've been telling you stories to help you build your story bank. Stories that you can use in business. Let's start today's story. The date is 30th October 1985. The place, the Wrights Airfield in Dayton, Ohio. A small group of people, the top brass of the US Army Air Corps and the top marketing executives of two of the largest airplane manufacturers of those days, Boeing and Martin and Douglas, have gathered at the airfield for a flight competition. The Air Corps were looking at buying 65 new generation long range bombers and these two manufacturers had a model each in submission. This exercise was seen to be just an administrative exercise because in early comparison, the, mo- the Model 299, the Boeing Model 299, was seen to be far superior. It was carrying five times the bomb load that the Army wanted. It was able to fly twice as far as any other aircraft and twice as fast. The Boeing Corporation's gleaming aluminum alloyed bodied plane looked very sleek and impressive. It had 103 feet wingspan with four engines and as it roared down the tarmac it looked like a majestic machine. It took off very smoothly and sharply climbed to 300 feet and then the engine stalled. It turned on one wing and nosedived in a fiery explosion. Two of the crew members died that day including the pilot Major Ployer Hill. The Air Corps did an investigation which revealed that there was no mechanical problem. It was pilot error. The plane was very complex. The pilot had to adjust many things. There were four engines, each with separate fuel and oil mix. They had the wing flaps, the trim traps, the retractable wing edges. All that needed manual intervention to create stability. And in all this, the captain, the pilot, Ployer Hill, had forgotten to release the emergency brakes on the elevator and rudder control. And that's what led to the crash. As one newspaper later reported, it was too much plane for one person to fly. So obviously the Air Corps gave the awarded the contract to Martin and Douglas and bought 65 airplanes. Boeing Corporation nearly went bankrupt. However, the the US Air Corps decided to at least procure four or five of these Boeing Model 299 because there were still some people internally who believed that it was possible to fly this Uh, airplane and it was really advanced. So they got a group of test pilots together and they decided to brainstorm of how to bring this in. Now what the test pilots together decided to not do was actually as interesting as what they decided to do. What they decided not to do was to require any of the Boeing Model 299 pilots to have a longer training because they said if Major Ployer Hill who was the chief of the Air Corps Training Academy, could not fly this plane with all his experience and expertise, then no matter of training could do that. It was obviously something else. What they decided to do was simple yet ingenious. They decided to create a checklist. Yes, a checklist. So what they did was they took each of the steps required and put it down step by step, very simply, in little index cards, one for takeoff, one for flight, one for landing, and one for taxiing. And it had simple checklist items which 
every pilot knows how to do you know check that the brakes have been released the doors are shut the windows are shut and locked the uh, each instrument has put on one by one the elevator and rudder control uh, locking mechanism has been released and so on really basic stuff with these checklists in hand the pilots went on to fly the model 299 for more than 1.8 million miles without a single accident the US Air Corps ordered more than 13,000 of these planes and these planes gave them a huge air advantage during the Second World War. For those of you who have read about the Second World War, you would know this plane by its other name, the B-17 bomber. What a lovely story. I read this story in Atul Gawande's fabulous book called The Checklist Manifesto. Where in business can you use this story? The first, of course, in the premise that Atul Gawande had, which is checklists can save the problem in many, many complex situations. The second, when you're trying to tell people why something that they think is does not need a process or a SOP does need it because things have become more complex. Maybe you can think of any other place where you can use this. Hope you enjoyed that story. Mm -hmm.